And a good Saturday morning to you. It's 7.45, and that means it's time for another wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. How are Hi you there, today? Denny. How are you today? I'm doing well. A little damp out there, I guess. Yes, but, it uh, is. Uh, Just but it's poured not, down we don't, last night. We don't have to shovel it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I thought today, Denny, we might talk about, because September is California Wine Month, Maybe we would talk about sort of the founder and the individual who contributed probably more than any other single individual to the California wine business, and that's Augustin Hazartsky. And Hazartsky is called by many the father of the California wine trade. He was a self-promoting Hungarian guy who was very, very ambitious and very interesting. He held the title count but actually there's absolutely no record in Hungary of him ever being a count. The story is he was born to a noble family but of very modest means. And there's, as I said, no evidence whatsoever that he was any titled nobility, but he was called count all his life. And it was partially because he himself was such a great uh, self-promoter. And his ambitious ideas really led him to dizzying heights in California and elsewhere. He really did bring Zinfandel to California. That's pretty much a fact these days. And that alone should have worn a spot in wine history. But he did far more than that. He actually started out in this country in 1840, and he came to the Wisconsin Territory. And he found a spot about 26 miles northwest of Madison, Wisconsin, overlooking the Salt Prairie and the Wisconsin River, etc. He thought it was beautiful, and he named it in Hungarian Spechta, which means beautiful view. He then found an investor, and they had the capital. The investor had the capital, and he started a village, which he modestly named after himself, Zazarski. It was the first incorporated village in Wisconsin, and he and his financial partner built a brickyard, a ferry, a steamboat line, a hotel, and started a vineyard. All of this took about two years. At that time, he went to Hungary to bring back his wife and children and his parents to the New World. And he wrote a book in Hungarian about his adventures. He came back but got tired of the Wisconsin winters and left in uh, 1849. Then he went to California and landed in San Diego, and he launched a bunch of businesses there. He planted a vineyard just outside of San Diego and was elected marshal and sheriff of San Diego. The vineyard didn't do well, but Hazartsky did and was became a man of reputation. He was elected to the California State Assembly, and there he met General Vallejo, who was in charge of the Mexican holdings in California until the revolution there uh, in, made California independent in 1846. In 1852, he sold everything in San Diego and moved up to San Francisco. And there, Vallejo invited him up to Sonoma, and there the story really begins. He made wine initially from the Mission Grape, which was the one planted by Junipero Serra, the priest, the Franciscan priest who founded all the missions from Los Angeles up to Sacramento. That's why they have those Latin holy names. But anyhow, he started the winery called Buena Vista, which is there today. 
Buena Vista was the first brick winery made in the United in California. Anyway, I'm not sure about the United States, and it had everything he wanted: a great terroir, good sun exposure, lovely weather, and in '57 he opened the winery. He put tunnels into the hillside using Chinese labor, and he built, as I said, two huge buildings in stone that kept the winery at 60 degrees, and it was the first winery in California to use gravity flow, which was another revolutionary thing. He founded the California Viticultural Society, and he wrote a 19-page paper on the grapes and vines of California. This became the definitive guide for everybody who was making wine, particularly new immigrants who came, and he insisted on using vinifera grapes. In 61, he was appointed by the governor to promote California wines and sent to Europe. He assumed that he wasn't going to be paid, which he didn't, but he'd get his expenses reimbursed. And he went off to see Europe. And uh, he went and stopped to see his one son who was studying to make champagne in Champagne, France. And he visited France, Italy, Germany, Spain, and he brought back various wine varieties all to Buena Vista and then sold them through his agricultural business to other farmers. Uh, he soon discovered the state legislature was not going to pay him for his uh, travel expenses, etc. So he decided to take Buena Vista public. He converted it to an agricultural uh, co-op with shareholders. And he had 6,000 shares offered at $100 a share, which sold out right away for the Buena Vista uh, Agricultural Society. He owned about half of that. And the money was used to make improvements, uh, more tunnels, a small railroad, etc. It truly was state-of-the-art. Unfortunately, their first vintage uh, in 1963, uh, the champagne went flat. And it was a very bad drought year, so they didn't have much wine to sell. So he had nothing but financial reverses, uh, which was too bad. Because, you know, when he was in Europe, he brought all of those varietals. He was the first one to bring those varietals. And then he was very insistent that the wineries, uh, with these immigrants uh, starting them, use absolutely uh, vitis vinifera, that is, you know, technically wine grapes, not any other kind of grapes, to make wine. And the people followed him. They believed in this man. And, of course, with all these financial reverses, he had no course but to declare bankruptcy. In fact, an interesting thing today, if you go to California and you go to Buena Vista, which is now owned by the Boisset family from France, which is sort of an anomaly, but at any rate... Uh, they own Buena Vista, and John Charles Boisset is quite a showman himself, not unlike Count Fazardsky. And he has the Count there. It's a character, dresses in period clothes, talks in period times, etc. And he's an absolute delight, and he's available at Buena Vista when you stop in to visit and taste in their tasting room. And he tells you all the great things he did much like John Charles Boisset would tell you the same thing. He's done some great things, he thinks, and indeed he probably has. But it, uh, Buena Vista is a winery in Sonoma 
that produces wonderful wines. Uh, it's re- been remarkably restored by John Charles Boisset, and they have a light show on the second floor of the winery that displays all the winery tools uh, from those 1800s to present day. And Buena Vista is still one of the wineries that's top technologically and uses the latest discoveries and the latest things in producing wines. But Augustine was a remarkable guy. Unfortunately, he died rather tragically in uh, 1867. Uh, He left California and went down to Nicaragua, where he was going to grow cane and uh, produce rum. And he was planning to build a sawmill on the banks of a river, but when he got there, uh, he wanted to move the mill to the other bank, so he swam across the river, or they say this, and all they ever found of him was his clothes and his watch in a pile where he went into the river to go across it, and they think an alligator ate him. It was an ignominious end to the father of the California wine industry. But he modernized the industry. Plus, he was a great self-promoter, and his children, indeed, were self-promoters, too. So we don't know how much is fact and how much is fiction. But we do know this. He was the first one to promote vitis vinifera. He was the first one to bring those cuttings to So thus, he's been given the title Father of the California Wine Industry, which is a, a marvelous salute to really what is a marvelous guy, and like everything in the wine business, it's certainly an interesting story. He was an energetic guy. He did uh, untold hours of promoting California wine, and he brought quality to the state, and he modernized the industry, and uh, he really was a remarkable fellow. So if you ever get out to California, go and visit the Buena Vista Winery. It's still there. It's been restored beautifully, and you might even get a chance to visit with the Count himself. While we're doing that, I thought it'd be important that because it's California Wine Month, we've developed at Haskell's a California deal that uh, starts today in our six for 60, six bottles of wine for $60. And we picked out six California wines that go in the six-bottle case. Fog Mountain Pinot Noir, which is absolutely delicious, perfect to have with grilled salmon. Obscure red, you know, red blends have gotten very, very popular. Uh, and uh, obscure is a wonderful blend of different red wines. And it will go with anything. Try that with a steak on the grill. You'll love it. Ferrari Carano, Fumé Blanc. Ferrari Carano was a, a fellow who made a fortune in uh, Reno, Nevada. And Ferrari and Carano are both the Italian surnames of his wife and himself, and he created Fumé Blanc. In fact, Fumé Blanc has an interesting story. Bob Mondavi created it because he didn't think Sauvignon Blanc would sell very well. So Mondavi's Sauvignon Blanc was called Fumé Blanc, and this Ferrari Carani Fumé Blanc is a wonderful expression of Sauvignon Blanc, a delightful wine from a marvelous uh, Sonoma Vineyard, Ferrari, Carano. It's, it's a fabulous place to visit, incidentally. Their gardens are just some of the best in California. Bows Zinfandel. Zinfandel is a wonderful wine. It's one of those great wines that's good with spicy foods. Uh, have it with chili or barbecue. It's great. 
then Projection Cabernet. Here's a Cabernet from California that's really hard to beat. Full-bodied, nice nose, elegant finish. Uh, try that with a little lamb on the grill, and you'll be very, very happy. And lastly, Gearbox Chardonnay. It happens to be Kathy Farrell's favorite Chardonnay. It's a delicious wine, and it's all in this 6 for 60 California Wine Month package. So you might like to try that, and while you're trying that, you might raise your glass and drink a toast to the old count who was really responsible for an awful lot of what happened in the California wine industry. What a great story. I know we have to run, Jack, but we had some great memories when uh, our Good Neighbor Tour was there with uh, sons Ted and Bo. We had a great time a couple of times. And, uh, yeah, that was, that's, you brought back some great memories. But tell you what, I love that 6 for 60 uh, idea. It's a great idea. And uh, tell everybody where do we can get that. You can get the 6 for 60 at any of the Haskell stores. Don't forget the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine, and they're good at marrying wine and food. So stop in, tell them what you're going to fix, and they'll pick the wine. And you know what? Best of all, they're going to pick a wine that doesn't cost very much. There's a Haskell's nearby where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior, Faribault, right off of 35. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. In downtown Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. Minnetonka at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, we do deliver, and we also have curbside pickup. And that would be a nice thing to do on these times at home, to get that California 6 for 60 and try those things in your own home. And you'd have a wonderful wine tasting and salute California in the California Wine Month, September. Fantastic. Jack, let's talk again next week. You know, Danny, I'm going to look forward to that. Thanks, Jack. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.